On this episode of Her Wild Outdoors, Mel Epic joins me from Utah, and we are going to talk archery. Not necessarily archery and hunting, but we are talking about recreationally shooting and competitively shooting, what we as women need to look for in finding a bow, the patience that we need to have with ourselves in finding exactly what is going to work, and how important form is. So listen in to Mel's passion for finding the right bow for you. Thank you all for joining in on another episode of Her Wild Outdoors. I have the privilege of being able to sit down and pick the brain of Mel Epic this morning. We are going to be talking about everything archery. And this is something dear to my heart, Mel. So I'm so glad that you were able to join me. Oh, my heavens. I'm so excited to be here. I like... <laughs> I have just admired you from the moment I found your Instagram account. And so when you contacted me, I was just like over the moon. So I (laughs) am just honored to be here with you today. So, Well, thank you. Thank you. And I think that you stood out to me mainly because I taught NASP for two years in our elementary school while my kids were there. And coming from... (laughs) A teacher's heart of teaching young children um, archery. I know the patience that comes with that, but I also know the passion (laughs) behind it. And, um, and I know that that heart is huge on you. So I, I just, I can't wait to get into some of this that we're going to be talking about and kind of hear where you're coming from. Oh my heavens. Thank you. I, I definitely know that feeling and, um, it has just been so powerful for me and my family and it's kind of incredible, the, the addiction and Uh the Uh emotion (laughs) and especially watching my kids that has been so incredibly rewarding for me as a mom and an individual. Yeah. I kind of felt like the team mom when I was working with all of the kids and I was only in charge of conditioning. So, I mean, I'd get in there and help with, with foot placement and all of that, but it was mainly, okay, how can we get these little fourth graders strong enough to pull back more poundage? So it, it was, um, to see the spark of joy on a kid's face, not even if they get a bullseye, but just getting an arrow to the target. It is, it, it brings so much joy to my heart watching them do that. Right. I would like run over to my Instagram and watch a couple of my reels because I've I've got two kids, a seven and an eight-year-old right now who are just on fire with archery, especially my eight-year-old. And he, so this weekend, we shot one of our club's indoor 3D leagues. And there's an, they call it the Iron Maiden. It's an iron elk with just a tiny target, foam target in the middle. And I mean, most adults at 31 yards don't hit this. Like Mm -hmm. you're just guaranteed to break an arrow. And this little dude 
my little eight-year-old, we had just cranked his bow up two more turns. He wasn't fully sighted in, and he was determined he was going to hit that target. And the whole time we were shooting the rounds, he's like, can we go shoot it? Can we go shoot it? And we kind of him hawed about it. And finally, we took him over there. We're like, we'll do it. We'll let you, you know, we'll let you fling an arrow at it. And he shot at it the first time and missed, but his windage was perfect. He was just a little bit low. Mm -hmm. And so my husband went out there and like measured how far he was low and then told him where to aim on that target. And he flung that second arrow and nailed that target. And you should have seen, I mean, you can see it if you go watch it. I saw it. (laughs) Like goosebumps and the guys around the table are like cheering it was amazing and my heart like I'm still exploding and so excited for him because I mean like it's almost unheard of like none of us really expected him to be able to do it yeah and he you know he exceeds our expectations all the time and so it's just and my daughter too like it's just so fun to see the fire in them it's a fun, it's a fun thing when, because he probably was determined to get it, but still had that. I'm probably going to miss it. It's like, you're just, you set yourself up sometimes for it's right. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so it probably shocked him just as much, even though he wanted it so bad. And I did, right. I watched it and I was cheering, <laughs> I was cheering for him because it, it is that I think that archery is one of those things recreationally or if you're competing, it's one of those things that, yeah, you're competing with other people, but most of the time you are competing with yourself. You're pushing uh-huh. yourself further. You're seeing how much better you can be, how much more you can tone it in, how how many more pounds you can pull back. Like it all, it's very self-aware. And um, and so those accomplishments, that joy isn't just in getting to the target. It's getting further than you had already done, moving past right. that goal that you had and surpassing it. So it was so exciting watching that. <laughs> so, and I would a hundred percent agree. I really feel like in this sport, in this industry, it's a hundred percent you against yourself. Yeah, and you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. And I tend to be the one that will initially kind of be like, "I, I'm just not even going to take that shot." Like I. I know that I can't do that. Like um, we were up in Boise at a 3D shoe last weekend and there was an 80 yard shot off of a cliff, like sheer cliffs on all three sides and 80 yards in the wind, in the desert. Like I was like, I don't even have, I don't even have a pin, much less my bubble. Like my my sight goes out to about 65 right now and I can get about 75 ish off my bubble. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm not going to shoot at it. And there was this kid behind me who was like, just take the shot. Like (laughs) what do you have to lose? And I'm like, I, I'm not typically afraid of heights, but I mean, this was a really high cliff. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of wind. Um, And I was like, okay, you know, like, what do I have to lose? Yeah. $15 in an arrow, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I stepped up on that 
cliff edge and I was shaking because the wind kept kind of catching my bow and all these people were watching because there was kind of a bottleneck and they were all waiting for this shot. So, I mean, you've got a crowd of like 20 people watching you shoot off this cliff and I didn't even have a way to fully sight it in. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. And I did it and I didn't hit, I didn't hit, but my elevation was perfect. It was just my windage and I'm almost positive that the wind caught it but for whatever reason i didn't hit it but i stepped off of that cliff literally off of a cliff feeling so good that i did it yeah i took the shot and now i learned something and i know what to do next time Mm -hmm. and that's that i think that the thing that i kept telling my kids was even when you miss you learn something And so, like you said, not taking that shot doesn't just rob you of possibly hitting that shot correctly, but it robs you of a lesson that you can apply later. And so there's the fear of embarrassment. There's the fear of a total whiff, a total miss. (laughs) And um, and like you said, people watching you because, you know, these kids at at NASP tournaments and wherever you are, um, you've got a crowd watching you. And right. that in itself is so high pressure sometimes that you don't want to miss in front of them. You don't want to, I mean, who wants to miss, right? right. But it's what you take from it. It's the lesson you learn. It's the experience that you have in it that um, there's so much more out of taking a shot than just hitting. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, I want to take you back because we went straight into, I loved it. I got, I got really excited. So let's go back and kind of give us an intro of who you are and how did archery become so important in your life? All right. Well, I am a little like, small town, Idaho girl, literally grew up in the middle of of a potato field. So I am the stigma (laughs) of Idaho girl. Um, And our town was barely a town. And where I lived, it was a gas station and like a mercantile. Yes. That sold hamburgers at noon. Like that was Mm -hmm. the only time you could get them. (laughs) And um, I grew up just kind of, my dad owned a garage door business. So I grew up in a garage, putting garage doors together from the time I could hold a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, But we loved the outdoors and we grew up camping and our primary thing as a family was boating like that. We spent every spare second out on the lake. We worked hard and we played hard. Um, And then in the winter, we snowmobiled. And so we spent a ton of time out in the mountains snowmobiling. I actually went to college on a snowmobile scholarship. Nice. Um, right? The Isn't that facts funny? that I you find out that. on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right? When we do the two truths and a lie thing, yes. I always like that in there and nobody ever guesses. <laughs> um, so that was kind of cool. And um So I kind of grew up doing it, but my family definitely were not archers and they were not hunters necessarily. My dad hunted before I was born, but Mm -hmm. once, you know, the family came along, he was so busy working that we just didn't, that wasn't the priority, I guess. And 
Um, so I graduated from high school and I moved to Cache Valley, Utah. And if you've never been to Cache Valley, it's like this beautiful little town nestled in, surrounded by mountain ranges. Mm. And I fell in love. And the Utah State Campus is just nestled right at the edge of a canyon. And so I could get out of bed, run from my dorm room into the mountains and be running the trails. Wow. And so that's where my like passion for the outdoors came. Like that Mm -hmm. was where I found my solace and my peace. And so I was a major trail runner, hiker through those years. And then I hooked up with a lot of really fun country friends that we'd go up and have bonfires and blow things up and shoot <laughs> in the shot. And, and, you know, like the college life when you're not making the best decisions yeah. um, <laughs> and call elk. Like I had these really cool guy friends that we'd go up and just call elk and that like sitting here now, decades later, that fire that that kind of like just the spark that that kind of kindled to Mm -hmm. hear those elk is really powerful. Now I don't think I appreciated it as much then, but, um, so anyway, I finished up working or I finished up my degree at Utah state. So I have a degree in exercise science with a minor in parks and recreation. Okay. Um, And I moved to Jackson Hole because I loved the mountains and I took a job on a ranch and I just played in the mountains and worked as a manager and drove team and all sorts of stuff on a ranch. And that's um, amazing. (laughs) I like, I really feel so blessed because I feel like my life has had so many incredible turns. Um, But that's because you haven't had a fear of stepping outside of that, right? Of traveling, right. of moving, of trying something new, of just stepping out there. And I think that, I mean, any, you can apply it to anything in life, whether it's hunting, fishing, archery, or just life in general. Um, right. It's an important characteristic to have. Well, if my dad listens to this, he'll laugh. I actually moved to Texas one summer in college. And that's a totally different topic for a different podcast. (laughs) It was the adventure of a lifetime, probably my craziest, but I learned so much. And I, I just, I feel like every step has kind of led me to where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And I just have such a tremendous gratitude. And I tell people all the time, um, my only regret with archery is that I didn't find it sooner. And so, um, anyway, I met and married my husband and we lived in Idaho for a little while and I worked at a psych hospital and, um, did recreational therapy, which my heart and soul loves because mm. you bring nature to people and help use it to heal them. Yeah. And it, oh, just such a powerful thing. Physical activity and nature can change someone in a way that I just have not seen other things. Yeah. Um, and then, but the mountains were still calling me, like my Cache Valley mountains were just calling me. And so after about three years, um, I got a job opportunity here in the Logan area. Um, and so we packed up our stuff and we moved here and I worked in, um, in a similar field. Um, I was a clinical exercise specialist 
nestled in these mountains with all of these girls and just such a beautiful experience. And in that time frame, my husband, who he grew up on 500 acres in Washington state, they hunted all of the rugrats, you know, like yeah. anything they could shoot on the farm, they shot, you know, um, he hadn't hunted since we got married and he started showing some interest in archery. So, um, I scraped, I, I have always been kind of a cheapskate in our marriage and I was Frugal. like, archery is expensive. <laughs> no, I was really a cheapskate. <laughs> I'm growing and he was very much the opposite. And so we've balanced each other very well. Yes. Um, but so I'm looking at the prices of these bows and I'm like, we cannot afford this. We were building a house, our second house. And, um, I finally decided I had some birthday money that I had saved up. And so I scraped up every penny I could cause I wanted to surprise him with this bow. So I go in, I, I knew nothing, like absolutely nothing about archery. I go in and I buy him a bear cruiser. Mm. with all of my pennies and I brought it home and wrapped it up and waited for his birthday. And I have never seen a bigger smile on that man's face. And it was just like the best thing. And then he put it in the closet and didn't touch it for like two years. No. And I was like, Oh, I could have done all this stuff with that. You know, you know, you know, yeah. so he finally pulls it back out and um, and starts shooting it. And he's like, I love this. You need to try it. And I was like, eh. And my perception, this is where, like, my passion started. My perception of hunting growing up in my family and in the area that I lived was that the men went out and hunted and the women stayed home with the kids. And I was like, I am not going to be a hunting widow. Like, Mm. I'm not going to have you gone all of the fall because he travels for work anyway. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not interested in hunting because I'm not interested in being the hunting widow, you know? Yeah. Um. But he convinced me to go in and shoot a bow. And I will be totally honest, the first time I shot one, it was awkward. And it was all, you know, guys who kind of just like told me the very, very basic minimal how to do it. And I was so awkward and I didn't know what I was doing. And it didn't feel good. I was like, you put the string on your face yeah. And I'm used to firearms. And so I'm like, I'm going to blow my nose off. Like, is it going to tear my face up? Like, I just had no concept. Right. Um, and so I handed him the bow back and I was like, that was great. Okay, let's go. And so honestly, it took like another year of my husband consistently shooting for him to get me back in there. And he bought me a Bear Cruiser G2 for my birthday that year. And well, then since I, you're such a cheapskate, you had to shoot it. <laughs> right, right. Like I spent this much, he spent this much money. Like I can't uh-huh. waste it. No. <laughs> and I fell in love. Like it stole some part of me, like emotionally, I've always dealt with anxiety. Like I have a lot of anxiety and running had always kind of been that thing for me. Um, but 
I've run for so long that it was kind of starting to wear off. Like I'd have to run more to get mm. the same relief, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I could pick up that bow and go out and I just felt confident and whether I was hitting the bullseye or not, like yeah. such good therapy for me. And so we kind of progressively started, we had actually purchased our younger two kids, just like little bear first shot recurve bows when they were three and two, um, like that Christmas before my birthday. And so they were just like in love with that. And it started to kind of come together. Um, and for me and my husband, we kind of have, we're really good at balancing each other, which is a nice way of saying that we're definitely opposites in most things. <laughs> <laughs> and so my love of the outdoors is like camping and hiking and running and anything physically active. And my husband's is like motorcycles and razors and dirt, like anything with a motor, you yeah. know? And so archery has kind of been that thing that just like brought us to a middle ground, if that makes sense. No, it's and that common ground. It's that way of meeting in the middle that you can both have conversations about and grow together on. Right. And like he's shooting something, which what man doesn't like shooting something. Right. And I'm hiking. And but the beautiful thing is that like he's come to love hiking because of the archery component and right. I have come to love shooting things because of the archery component and our relationship has just blossomed. So anyway, that was a really long rundown of how we got started, <laughs> but, but I want to go back because what you said kind of in the beginning of that, it resounded with me and it was walking into a place and shooting something for the first time and not enjoying it. And right. I think that a lot of times women getting into either archery or shooting or whatever it is, they're gifted something or they are, you know, here, take mine, try mine. Right. And so walking into an archery shop, first of all, that's the, that's step one is getting right. in there versus having somebody just get you something without knowing <laughs> that it fits you. Um, so kind right. of walk me through some of the important steps along that way that could make it a more, I guess, beneficial uh, situation or a more enjoyable situation versus awkward because that's, you know, who's listening to this. I think a lot of men listen to this to hear how to get the women in their lives involved, whether it's a wife, a girlfriend, a mom or a daughter. And so how would you go about introducing somebody into archery and into a bow shop? Well, and so this is where my passion is. Like, this is where Epic Archery Unleashed started and caught fire is I had this little bear cruiser. Um, I had shot it for a couple of years and I was ready for something different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hadn't had a lot of training. Like, we just went and shot for fun. And, but we shot in the backyard every day. Like, I, and I loved it and I was ready for a new bow. Um, and I walked into a shop and 
And I will tell you that this is not the norm. There are fabulous shops. Mm-hmm. But I walked into a shop and it was a man there and um, we kind of told him what I was looking for and what I, I, I had done tons of research. I am the type of person that like, I want to know what, know it all. Yeah. I want to go in informed. And so I had researched all the bows, all their specs, like, and I was determined that I was going to love this particular bow. Mm-hmm. And I went in and my draw weight wasn't super high yet, but as we all know, one of the problems with archery and women is that most bow shops do not carry limb weights that women can pull, which right. is a tragedy to me. Um, and I got in there and all he had was a set of limbs higher than what I, the poundage I could actually mm. pull. And he's like, it's fine. Like we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. No. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. And it's just my husband and this group of like guys in there. And so I'm like, okay. And I'm a tough girl. Like I grew up putting garage doors together and playing foot. Like I always ran with the boys. I played football with the guys in high school. Like I'm not a wimp when it comes to things. And I didn't want to look like a wimp. And so he hands me this bow and I couldn't pull it, but he's like, here, I'll help you, which is a huge no, no. Yeah. mm -mm. So he would like, spring the boat, like help me by pushing both ends of the boat to get to full draw. Yeah. And he made me do that repeatedly. Like I probably did that 20 times. And by the time I was done, my arms were just eight, like both of my shoulders were mm-hmm. hurting so bad. And you can't get a feel of what a bow feels like. Like yeah. it's just now that I know I'm like, Oh, it was awful experience. And I walked out of there in pain and like devastated Mm -hmm. and upset. And the next morning I woke up and I, I was hurting even worse. And I was like, I've injured both my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not even going to be able to shoot archery. Like what if this never gets better? And I cried, like I was so upset and I'm like, this isn't worth it. Like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I was angry. Like I had so many emotions and my husband's like, you're going to, you're going to give up. I'm like, what if I can never draw a bow again? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and then that little spark ignited. And I was like, I am going to change this. Like I am going to, I may be one little human on this planet. I may be one woman who loves our tree and I may not know much right now, but I am going to work my rear end off to change this. And it doesn't matter if it takes me the rest of my lifetime, I am going to make it. So at least any woman that I can, if I help one woman not have the same experience that I had, then all of it will be worth it. Mm -hmm. You've won. Um, And so it took me like three weeks for my shoulders to heal enough to even pull my cruiser. I had to drop it to 25 pounds. Yeah. It took me probably three months to rehab to get back up to 30 pounds. Um, And that was emotionally really trying. But in that time, I just like dove in to everything archery. I wanted to know it all. I wanted to know how I could open a shop for women, how I could change this industry to make it more friendly. And so that, because I knew how powerful it was for my family and for me and my husband. And 
um, for me personally. And so I, I started the YouTube channel and I started our Instagram page and I started reaching out to women in archery and trying to learn everything I could from them. And I, we are so blessed where we live to be surrounded by some incredible archers, like world champion archers. And um, I don't know if you've heard of who Seneca Francis is, but she is phenomenal um, at 16 in the 16 to 18 age group in Turkey. She won the world national wow. the world championship and she coaches now coaches my son at junior Olympic archery development. And she like when I now I'm the secretary, I like I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> she started mentoring me and helping me and giving me pointers and um, her coaches that coach her are there and they were helping. And all of a sudden, like we were just surrounded by this beautiful community of people helping us to build this thing, like this monstrous thing that started out of nothing, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I just, that's where my passion is. And, and I'm hoping that I'm making a difference and, I really want women to know, like you can, you can go into a shop and you can know what you need and you can feel confident and don't let people push you around. And if you feel like you can't, you call me and I will get on a plane and I will go into a (laughs) shop with you and I will tell them what you want to shoot and we will shoot everything you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the bully if I need to be, you know? Well, it's, it's, um, there are a couple of things that you said that, First of all, I think most women are the type that do the research, that want to know everything that they can before stepping into it. Because let's be honest, we don't like to fail. Right. (laughs) Nobody likes to fail, but women especially, I believe, we like to know everything there is before diving in. And it's because... I, I'm one of those researchers too. I, I don't want to sound like I don't know anything going in. And that also works to my detriment because (laughs) it can actually hold me back from stepping Mm -hmm. in too early when I can just ask questions and learn along the way as well. But, you know, I went from, I think I had an old browning youth bow. So take it back a couple of decades, right? Um, (laughs) Browning doesn't even make bows anymore. And so I was shooting that consistently and moved the poundage up too quick at one point. Oh, yeah. Partially dislocated my shoulder. And so I've hearing your story was painful to me because I've been there. I've been in that situation where it, like all the curse words were going through my head. What did I just do? Um, and it was, it wasn't necessarily that somebody pushed me too quickly. It was that I pushed myself too quickly, not knowing Mm -hmm. what I was getting into. And it was just, I've got to get to 40, 45 pounds to hunt. I've got to, and it was just that push, 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 push without knowing 
the steps needed to take. You know, going from 30 to 37 pounds or 35 to 37 pounds might not feel that different, but moving from 37 to 40 is a huge step. Mm -hmm. Moving from 40 to 45 is even bigger. Like that Mm -hmm. one pound increments can make a huge difference when you're using those shoulder um, ligaments that might be too loose or that might like, you've got to know your body going into it as well as not get overzealous and pushing toward a number. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was what my head was all about. I've got to get to that number versus right. I need shot consistency. I need, um, you know, ethical shot placement. I need mm-hmm. like it wasn't about all of that at that moment. It was about the number. And it hit me flat in the face (laughs) that the number was not important, that health was important. And so walking into a shop that doesn't normally deal with women um, is a difficult situation to be in. It's uh, you do need somebody who knows honestly how to work around not even just poundage and strength, but around uh, anatomical uh, differences between men and women, Uh, draw lengths, not just poundage, but um, and how each bow works in, you know, the beginning draw, middle and end. And because that in itself can play a part in damaging or injuring yourself. It's not just about you can, it's not brute strength. Um, And so I think that you definitely have to do research on where you're going. You can't just walk into a big box store and say, I need a bow. Um, Right. Because they're not, not a whole lot of people are trained in that. The physiology of it. Right. And you're using muscle groups that you rarely activate in any other activity. Those rhomboid muscles are babies usually when you're starting out. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's so important to start out low and develop proper form and proper shot placement and consistency Mm -hmm. at a comfortable draw weight rather than jumping up. And because you can fit, I mean, you can move draw weight up any time, but you can't fix it's well, you can, but it's a lot harder to fix poor form mm-hmm. or injury than to just do it right the first time. Right. Um, and I still like, I'll walk into shops even today and people will be like, do you want, I'll be like, I'm dying to shoot such and such a bow. Like I really want to shoot, um, one of the flagship elite bows cause mm-hmm. I'd love to do a review on it. But around here, they only carry them in 70 pound limbs and I am not that strong no. yeah. and I don't need to be like, Mm-mm. there's no need for me to ever pull a 60 pound bow, um, because of, my goals and what I'm doing. Um, but I'll still have guys be like, Oh, let me, you can do it. Like, just try it. And luckily now (laughs) I know, like, I can be like, no, like that's dumb. Why don't Mm -hmm. you order me a 60 pound limb? Like, um, and so there's still a really big gap for women and, 
um, it's frustrating to me. And it's something that my husband and I are very passionate about and we're working really hard to change. And we've got like super big dreams, but in the meantime, um, just know like this, if anybody cares about what the steps are, if you're listening to this and you're new and you want to try it, first of all, 100% try it, do it. You will love it. I don't know many people who've picked up a bow who don't, Mm -hmm. um, but find someone that you trust, call me, find me, whatever, and ask questions and get information and take someone with you to the bow shop, not necessarily your significant other, but someone who will spend their time with you, who knows the ins and outs. It doesn't necessarily have to be a woman, but a lot of time, if you can find someone who is, we just shoot differently. Like yeah. Amy, you were saying, we have different ergonomics. Like mm-hmm. We are not built the same and our brains don't work the same, you know? Yeah. And so find someone who can give you some information and then go in and shoot anything that you can. And by can, I mean comfortably can draw because bows are so individual. Um, I mentioned that I went in and I like, based on specs, I knew what bow I wanted and I shot it and I hated it. Mm. Like did not like it. And the bow that I really didn't think that I would like I fell in love with and continue to fall more in love with all the time. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Yes. But other people shoot it and don't love it. And that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, that's great. Um, I I always tell people, your bow picks you. Right. And I think that that's what (laughs) – the fear in walking into a place is walking out without something. When right. you're so headstrong into this is what I'm here for, I want to walk away with something. I think that going in somewhere with the ability to walk away without anything right. is where your freedom comes. It's where right. uh, confidence comes. It's walking in and saying, okay, I'm here to try this, this, and this. I'm okay if I walk out with nothing versus walking out with something that you're going to hate because you're not going to shoot it. Right. If you hate it, you're not going to shoot it. I, um, I have a bow right now and I'm not going to say anything (laughs) about it, but I was headstrong into it. Like, this is it. This is what I'm going to get. And I haven't shot it since the day I bought it because I walked away so frustrated because I could barely draw it back. And so I'm in the process, which we will be continuing these conversations off air because I'm in the process of finding something that will fit my shoulder because right now what I'm being told is you're going to have to learn how to shoot left-handed. Oh, no. And That's great, though. You can do it. You see, I could totally switch. I have such an injured shoulder that I don't know if I could get to a place where I – could hunt with a bow with this shoulder. So if I do need to switch, then I do need to switch, but I do need to find a bow because if this one is hurting to draw back on my injured shoulder, what is it going to do to my healthy shoulder? Right. Right. So it's that, that constant process of, okay, I just, I walked away spending 
my hard-earned saved money on a bow that I thought was going to be perfect, and I haven't picked it back up because I'm afraid of it. And, you know, that's – I could sit here, you know, as a podcast interviewer and and try to, oh, and I've got this bow and I'm a bow hunter and I like I could lie through my teeth, but I'm not going to because that's not going to help me or anybody else. I'm stuck in a place right now where I'm starting over. And it might take time and I might have to have patience with myself, but I'd rather, like you said, do it right than continually injuring this shoulder or continually throwing something at this arm that it can't handle just because of the name. Right. And listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't stress enough how much... Our bodies are so beautiful and tell us so many things and listen, like, and it's easy to get caught up in a brand. And I, I mean, I live in Utah, so everyone, (laughs) not everyone, but I joke, like if you live in Utah, you have to own a Hoyt. Mm. You don't, but like, that's kind of the mentality in some circles. And so I got really caught up on like, I need to own a Hoyt. And a Hoyt makes fantastic bows, but are they the very best bow? For some people they are, mm-hmm. but for some people they're not. And that's okay. Like I will never get to the point where I push a single brand because I feel like there's not a single bow that's perfect for everyone. Right. And I've watched the thing that breaks my heart. I've watched other women in this industry who are very popular who get affiliated with a specific brand. And I was watching them talk one day and somebody asked them about a different brand of bow than what they were affiliated. And she said, I don't really care about that bow because I only shoot X. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. and I like that kind of rubs me wrong in that it's great that that's the company that you, I know that you have contracts and work for, but that brand is not going to work the best for everyone. Right. And then you end up in a situation like you, where you feel kind of lost and you're in a position that you never envisioned yourself and you're trying to figure something else Mm -hmm. out to make it work so that you can still enjoy and do the thing that you love, you know? Yeah. And that's the goal, Um, right? That's the ultimate goal. And it's kind of like you and I have kind of spit back and forth on a couple of these things on saying, you know, in between recreational shooting, competitive shooting and uh, and hunting, it all is still it all comes back to do you enjoy it or is it or is it, you know, a chore is it something right. that you are like, okay, it's, this is on my list. Let me just knock it off for the day. Or is it something that you can't wait to do? And equipment <laughs> will make or break you on that. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are things that you don't even take into account. Like my daughter, my middle daughter, um, she's now seven and she has had a bow in her hand since she was two. And we just this year found out she was really struggling. And this is my very athletic, competitive daughter. Like she will, we got her rollerblades one year for Christmas and she 
was like falling all over the place when she put them on. And that girl went into the garage and she was in there from 11 a.m. until 6, until she taught herself to Mm -hmm. skate. And by 6, she was skating like that is her attitude about life. And she was struggling at hitting the target. And um, finally, we were like, did we ever even check her eye dominance? Mm -hmm. And we hadn't. And she's left, she's right-handed, but she is left eye dominant. Yeah. And so this year she's kind of gone through what you have gone through or are kind of facing in Mm -hmm. that she was very comfortable shooting her bow right-handed, but her eyes were not cooperating. Right. And so we've had to, we bought her a left-handed bow and the confidence I've seen that build in her to have equipment that fit her body and what her body needed has been so beautiful. And so if you're a beginner, that's one thing, make sure it's not always about which hand you're using. Right. Dominant hand. You really need to know eye dominance. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been into many shops who are like, okay, let's check this before they've, you know, had you shoot a bow. So it's um, really important. We've I had a, a student one time that was right hand dominant but left eye dominant. And mm-hmm. it took it takes time to get comfortable using a different hand. Even though it's comfortable for your eye, it's still it's not necessarily an organic change to change over to the hand. And no. so the parent was like, no, no, no. Why, why, why left-handed bow? He, he's right-handed. And we kept trying over and over. And it was the struggle of, but he's not hitting the target. He's not hitting. Okay. We're not working on hitting the target right now. <laughs> we're just right. working on getting the, the changeover of hands comfortable, right? Well, you need to switch back to the right-handed bow, but it, it just takes time Right. It doesn't fix overnight. Sometimes it is an automatic, holy moly, what were we doing beforehand? And then sometimes it is a training of like, it will be with me. If I changed over, what would it be like? And how long would it take to get comfortable with that? It might be easy or it might be difficult as heck. (laughs) I think that that's how it is with all things in archery. I remember... Mm -hmm getting my second bow and being so excited about it. And I mean, it was like a gigantic step up from my first bow, you know, and within those first couple of weeks, part of me was like, I just spent a ridiculous amount of money on this bow and I just want my Bear Cruiser G2 back. Yeah, because it's comfortable. (laughs) Right. And I can hit the target. Like I can hit targets all over the place Mm -hmm. with that bow because I was so comfortable with it, but I, you know, there's this learning curve and an adjustment every time you switch something up. Yeah. And so you'll do it. You just have to stick, you know, you have to stick with it Mm -hmm. because, um, I switched bows and then my husband's like, I think you should try a thumb button. And I was like, I, I'm not sure about that. And I was really resistant and he's like, I think you should try it. And so then I changed up my release and then that changed everything again. Mm -hmm. But as I worked through it, as I continued to be persistent through that learning curve, that section of time and adjustment period, um, 
my accuracy improved and my ability to bring my groups in improved and my confidence improved. But sometimes it's really hard to stick it out through that really rough adjustment phase. I've got a friend who has said, you know, he – he has all of this set up to where he can restring everything. He can rework everything. He can build a bow. And he said, bring your bow. Mm-hmm. One afternoon, we'll take all afternoon, bring the family, bring your bow. And we will set up multiple different bows at the same draw weight that you mm-hmm. are shooting. And we will go down the line. And you can figure out which one out of all of these different brands, different types of bows, and figure out which one is going to work best for you. He also said, and you might be able to tell me one way or another, he said to switch from a wrist release Mm -hmm. to that, what you're talking about. Like a handheld release. Uh And he said it takes some of that pressure off of the shoulder. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was also a suggestion. But for somebody who has the passion for archery, because he he sounds a whole lot like you, Mm -hmm. the goal is to make archery enjoyable by those who are touching it. And so his goal isn't, you know, a name brand here, there, or another like a salesman would be. It is more what is going to work for you so that you can enjoy it because that is, that's where we want people to be. We want them to enjoy it, whether they're doing it for fun or they're doing it for competition or they're doing it for hunting. It should be enjoyable. Um, So he's, he's like, let's set up a day. And you come oh, and then you tell so awesome. you tell me which one would be more comfortable. And if you can't get it to that situation, well, then let's roll over to the other arm and see right. if that's so it's patience with myself. But like you said, it's finding somebody who will also show patience in mentoring you through that and growing you through that. And sometimes those big box stores can't do that for you. Um, right. And even sometimes you'll run into a shop here and there that mm-hmm. isn't. But if you can find some, and that's the person that we want to be like, that's the person I want to yeah. be is I've got this cute little friend that um, she shot archery in like high school and she reached out to me and was like, can you help me find a bow? And so I took two full days and we went to multiple shops. I even drove to Salt Lake, which is a hour and a half to go find this other bow. Um, and we just, I had her shoot the entry level bows that I felt like would be good for her from multiple different brands to see what she preferred and what she liked. And we took her our time and we went through things. And if I could do any job (laughs) in a dream world where funds were not an option, I would just jump on planes and help women find bows. And well, that's not necessarily a reality right now. Maybe um, in the future. We have, some big, <laughs> we have some big dreams. Like we are working really hard to put together some options for women so that they can actually get bows in their hands in the correct draw weights and draw lengths and that they can have that experience mm-hmm. in a comfortable, supported environment. Um 
And obviously that's kind of down the road, but our, you know, our ultimate game plan is to really help bring women and families into this sport and to help them not have that experience that I had. Yeah. And it really starts with like those compassionate people who are going to take the time with you to help you figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And you mentioned the hand, the handheld release. Um, that can ergonomically take some of the pressure off for some people. Um, just start out low and see how you feel about it. It yeah. will kind of help isolate more of those shoulder blade muscles mm-hmm. over like your rotator cuff muscles, which is usually primarily where you're going to get injury. Um so it might be worth a shot. You might actually actually really like it. Yeah. I love mine. Yeah. But. I've been told that. I've I've actually been told that by multiple people and um and so it's something that I just need to step up and try. I think that the biggest thing that I've had to get my head around is because I'm a stubborn person and I <laughs> Me too. I'm a very stubborn person. And so when I'm constantly being told, oh, you need the youth bow. Oh, you need the youth bow. Oh, you need the youth bow. Well, in my head, I'm like, but I am not a youth. I am an adult, dadgummit. I deserve to be able to shoot a regular adult bow. Well, I think that I need to get away from the name of things and the title of things and and the uh, definition of bows in order to find what's going to work. Because if I stay in that stubborn, frustrating, I don't want to shoot a youth bow or I don't want to shoot a women's bow or, and I'm saying that in quotations, I think that what happens is it keeps me from shooting a bow. And so if I can get outside of my head, if I can get outside of my stubborn, frustrating label on things and just put bows in front of me that I have no idea what their names are and shoot and, and pick one that, that works for me ergonomically, then it shouldn't matter what the name of it is. Um, Right. So I think, have you ever heard of Shoot Like a Girl? Yes. Okay. Yes. So whether- I don't know a ton about them, but- Their goal is to just get a gun or a bow in a woman's hand or a girl's hand. And so they go around with their trailer and they have the- the draw weight pulled way down because the goal is not, well, how far can you go? What is your, uh-huh. um, can you hit bullseye? It's not that at all. It is all about comfort and mm-hmm. enjoying it. And I think that's kind of where I need to get my head back into. And I'm sure that there are a lot of women out there who are the same way. It's, um, It's very competitive. And I think this goes for men too. It's very competitive Mm -hmm. on your draw weight. It's very competitive Mm -hmm. on the length of your shot. It's very competitive on, um, you know, taking down certain game animals that you do have Mm -hmm. to either be really close to or have your poundage up on a bow. And I think we need to get back to form, And we need to get back Mm -hmm. to 
injury-free shooting and we need to get back to patience and not necessarily buying a bow in August and using it in September. You can't do that. So um, (laughs) it's, it's, it does go back to taking it to the basics um, because honestly, it might not have been taking it from 40 to 45 pounds that popped my shoulder out. It was probably form um, in moving it. And so it, it might take some humbling uh, on my part, but I'm willing to do that, to take it back to step one and right. relearning um, and and just taking it back to that. And I think that that's what some people can be afraid of is, mm-hmm. is that backward stepping in order to move further forward. It's hard getting your head back in that space. Definitely. And I felt that way when I injured my shoulders too, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I like how you mentioned, you know, there's kind of a stigma with certain brands or certain bows or especially women's bows. You know, if you have been in the industry for a long time, there are a lot of women who have been hunting or shooting archery for a long time who kind of will give you not all, but some will give you kind of snarky remarks about shooting a women's bow Mm -hmm. or, or there are women who are getting into the industry who feel like they have to shoot a women's bow because it's built for a woman. And what I'd love for everyone to understand is like, I'm so, so grateful that these companies are finally coming around and building bows specific to short draw length and yes. low draw weight archers. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that you free. can only, sh- yeah, you yeah. can only shoot a woman's bow if you're a woman. Mm-hmm. No, Mm-mm. they've been, they've been engineered to give you more speed and more power based on a lower draw length and draw weight. Yeah. But shoot anything that you can just because it's not labeled a woman's bow Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that those are the only bows that you can shoot. And it also doesn't mean that those women's bows are lesser than men's quote unquote bows either. Right. Yeah. And so it's crazy how much our heads get involved and the stigmas and the opinions of people. I have a friend who has been looking for a boat. I call her my friend. She's my Instagram friend. (laughs) Um, But I have like been with her on this journey of trying to pick her new bow for months. Like she's tried all of these different ones and she'll send me all of her thoughts. And, and she's like, I shot this today. And she really kind of had her mind set on a certain brand because her first bow was that brand. Mm. And um, when she shot the upgraded version of that bow, she she wanted so bad to like it, but she just didn't. And she kind of tried to push herself. But then she shot these other bows. And the one that she ended up buying, like she just ordered it, was not one that she like was probably the last bow, especially brand wise, that she would have envisioned herself owning. Mm-hmm. And she messaged me, I think it was the day before yesterday. And she's like, I ordered my bow. And I'm like, you have to tell me, like, honestly, I get more excited about other people getting bows than maybe even me getting a bow at this point. 
Like, I love it. If you're going to buy a bow, just message me and tell me because it makes my heart so happy. Um, But she kept sending me the drum roll emoji. And I'm like, girl, you just got to tell me what you picked because I was so invested in her process, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I just, it seems silly, but archery lights me on fire and seeing women get excited about it and find things that fit them Mm -hmm. and fall in love with the process and just everything. I could talk to you archery all day, every day. Well, and And if you go back to like what you said in the beginning, I wish that I I wish that it had not taken me this long to get into it. Mm-hmm. And introducing kids into archery, that's something as parents, we need to also keep in mind that just because this bow is labeled for a child doesn't mean that it's going to work for your kiddo. Um, right. And we need to make sure because their bodies are growing Their bodies are changing. Their muscles are still forming and still growing in ways that, yes, they can outgrow a bow. Yes, this bow can actually damage them long term if it's not the right one. And so a lot of times kids can't communicate that without the right questions being asked. So finding somebody... If you don't know everything there is to know about it, finding somebody who can ask those questions or that can give you those questions to ask their kids, um, it's important to make sure that you're not hurting them in the long run versus getting them, just pushing them to where they can get bullseye. Um, It's as much time as I'm putting into me I should be patient to put into my kiddo. Oh, you're so good. Like, I love watching your daughter and your other kids just be so involved. And I feel like if anybody has questions about kids' bows, reach out to us. I mm-hmm. mean, our, we've been through the gamut and I've done a lot of research. We have a YouTube video, but I would love to just chat with anyone who has questions um, about where to start because just like with any other archer starting out, you want to build the best form, proper mm-hmm. form first in your kids and then gradually them move them through the process. Like yeah. our eight-year-old really wants to hunt. And, um, but we also see the importance of him having good form and accuracy mm-hmm. at a low at a draw weight that is comfortable for him before we push him into what the legal draw is. And if he can't hunt this year, then that's fine. Um, But find a good youth program if you can't, or Mm -hmm. that's another hard thing. Like we are so blessed in our area. We have um, youth leagues, which are technically like youth clinics. And then we also have the junior archery development or junior Olympic archery development program. Um, but check that out, like go to their Mm -hmm. website if your kids are interested because building that love too. And this is another thing. I feel like I'm kind of jumping all over the place because my (laughs) brain is going a million miles an hour, but I get passionate about my kids too, is people are like, how do you drag your kids out to all these events and how do you keep them happy? And how do you help them foster a love for the sport? And 
with our oldest, like he is on fire, but our middle child, like she loves it, but she's not like, she doesn't have that fire that he has Mm -hmm. yet. And so we take them out and we let them shoot if they want to shoot, if they don't want to shoot. Like yesterday she was done halfway through and that was fine. Like, yeah, let them shoot, teach them proper form, but don't like push them to the point where they start to dislike it or it Mm -hmm. feels like a chore or it's not fun anymore, you know? Yeah. You're always, you always have to be willing, like taking mine hunting. I always have to know that at any point in time, the hunt might be over earlier than I want the hunt to be over, but I'm not (laughs) necessarily out there at that point in time for me. If they are going with Mm. me, I'm there for them. And so that might sacrifice time. That might sacrifice um, my goals for them because I don't want to – my son didn't hunt this year. We had a death of a family pet and – he took it really hard and it wasn't necessarily that he's against hunting. He just didn't at this point in time, he didn't want to see another animal in the process of dying because that's what he saw. And so by the end of the season, he actually was ready to go. He was ready to sit. He was ready to be a part of it. He had a gun in his hand. Uh, But at the beginning of the season, it was one of those Okay, you need a year off. That's okay. You don't right. nece- you don't need to be out there. It is not a must. I'm not forcing you to take a life. I mean, it's hunting right. for goodness sake. It has to be something that you're comfortable with. And that goes with archery as well. You know, you can't force a child to do something because usually it pushes them in the opposite direction. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even as an adult, like both of my husband and I are very stubborn people. And when people were also like very compliant, we were both really good as youth. Like we didn't get into tons of trouble, but even as adults, like when someone tells me I need, like I have to do something, I kind of have that (laughs) internal, like you can't tell me what to do. Exactly. (laughs) That's how our kids are too. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to respect where they are. And if for some reason, one of our kids decides that archery is not for them, then that's totally okay. It may be a little devastating in my room by myself, Yes, but, <laughs> but I want them to know, to feel respected and to know, like we're going to support them in their passions. Yeah. And thankfully at this point, some of their passions align with ours and that's great. But if it's not always like that, then that's okay too. Right. Right. There's that. You always have to have that flexibility when you're mentoring anybody. Um, So it's, it takes a lot of patience to teach. Um, But man, the joy that comes from, from seeing someone else reach their goals is it surpasses that frustration of patience. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, Mel, there are so many other things that I want to talk to you about. So we're just going to have to do this again. Um, Tell everybody real quick, though, how can they follow you? Um, How can they find your YouTube channel? How can they contact you if they've got questions? Because I'm sure a lot of people might have some. Perfect. I know. I'm sorry. I get long winded when I talk about archery. No, I love Um, it. (laughs) So 
all of our stuff is the same. So we're epic, but it's spelled funny because it's our last name. So E-P-P-I-C-H, Archery Unleashed. And you can find us on Facebook. You can find us. I spend my the majority of my time on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm probably going to be the easiest to contact. And then we have a YouTube channel with reviews and all sorts of helpful um, stuff for women and kids and anything that you want to know. And we're trying to put out weekly videos, but reach out to me. I really like the thing that I have found with this social media platform that we are slowly building brick by brick Mm -hmm. is the community. And I have gained such a beautiful community of people just like you, Amy. Like, yeah, I just, Oh, I followed you. And then in talking with you, like the support that you can have anyway. Yeah. It's what you make. I really want to help. It's what you make of it, right? It's, it's everything that there are so many negatives, but if you take the positive and you push that light and you push the support and the encouragement and how we can build each other up, um, then the good comes out more than the bad. I think there's something special in this industry, in this community. Like, yeah, there's more good. I feel like than bad. The majority. I agree. You just have to find the real people, right? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Avoid the trolls and the haters. It's true. It's <laughs> there's definitely those too. You just that block button. I think I say that all the time. That block button is right? just magical. <laughs> oh man. Well, and it's it gets tricky. Like mm-hmm. we haven't ventured a ton into hunting. Yeah. That was the one last thing was just you don't have to be a perfect target archer or a hunter to love archery. Right. And I we'll have to talk again. But yeah. um but I think I've kind of saved myself a little bit, not in hunting, because the hate I get is like my 80 yard shot at my foam target got me some hate because they thought it was an actual animal. Oh. So I have to go back in and like put this big warning label at the front. Like this is a foam target because people were mm-hmm. telling me I was unethical and that I was a terrible human and all of these things. And I'm like, it's foam. Like I would never try and shoot at something at 80 yards, you know? Yeah. But there's a lot, like you hunters, I know you get a lot of throwback. We get a little bit, but that's, again, it's what you highlight out of it. It's what you take from it and what you let roll off your back. Um, (laughs) Well, I'm I'm excited to to see where you guys are going. I'm going to actually, we're going to have more conversations off air. um, Yes especially in the future about archery and about my predicament. So we will I have some ideas for you. Awesome. So let's chat. Because <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mel, so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.